Without further ado, I want you to put your hands together and welcome evangelist Josh Herod as he comes to preach the word to us. Everybody said praise the Lord. It's good to be with you tonight. What a move of God we had Sunday night. Unbelievable. Just the glory of God was truly in the room. And, and when that happens, anything is possible, including the devil fighting the next day and everybody getting sick. I fully expected something like that to happen with a service like Sunday night. Uh, don't be too carnal and think that's just coincidence that 12 families got attacked the day after such a breakthrough. Uh, that's the devil fighting. We'll deal with that stuff tonight. And God is going to do great, great things tonight and tomorrow and Friday and Sunday. And, and we're excited to be so glad to have my sweetheart and my boys here with me tonight. Uh, we're, we're so honored to be with you. We love you all. I'm glad they're with me. Amen. Jet still does not have the Holy Ghost, and he's almost two, so uh, we're praying he gets it. If you all in the back get all mad at him because he out-screams you, I'm sorry. He gets with his daddy once in a while. At least that's how I feel. I feel like he's getting with me. Could be screaming about something else. I don't know. And glad to have my friends from Muncie, the Muncie boys showing up tonight. Love them very much. And I give honor to Pastor Jordan and Sister Jordan. Love them deeply like family. They're just uh, so close. Love their boys. Uh, just with all my heart, try to help them as much as I can. And uh, with these three guys and Brother Danny, man, this church is set with some seriously good preachers. You're very, very blessed with what you have here. Amen. And I give honor to my fellow evangelists, Brother Tapia and Brother Gentry Jordan. I know that when you're an evangelist and you're chilling out in the service, it's really not as fun as when you're preaching. But I give them honor tonight and glad that they're here. What I'm going to preach, I've never preached before. In fact, I don't know if I'll ever preach it again. I prayed all last week that God would give me words of the hour uh, for each specific service that I was supposed to preach. Um, and this came this afternoon, and I, I really don't understand all of it. I understand some of it, and uh, and I really am going to just follow the Holy Ghost tonight. But I definitely think we're going to step into the spirit world. Are you with me tonight? Can we do that? Okay. I'm not going to sermonize you. We're going to step into something tonight. The book of Acts, chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 2 through 12. Acts, chapter 13, verses 2 through 12. Praise the Lord. Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from, hence they, from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the isle of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, but in the, in the Greek it's Bar-Hezu. And the Bible says that which was of, with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called 
for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the sorcerer, which is this, this is the same guy, for so is his name by interpretation. Elamus is the same guy as this bar Jesus we just mentioned, withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw that what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. And I want to preach to you tonight, with the help of the Holy Ghost, call it what it is. Call it what it is. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, call it what it is. It's help us tonight, Lord Jesus, to speak to things that we are intimidated to speak to. Give us authority in the Holy Ghost a boldness that we've never had before. I pray for dominion to fall upon this congregation tonight, to leave this place with their mouths open, declaring what thus saith the Lord. Anoint my mind and loose my tongue to speak the word of God tonight. In Jesus' name, I bind every demonic spirit attacking this church. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing and life into every house right now. Now, where sickness is abiding in the name of the Lord Jesus. Release the gifts of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands and would you lift up your voice and would you let the Lord hear you? I worship you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be thy name. Blessed be thy name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Now, like I said earlier, I don't know if I'll ever preach this anywhere else because it's so intense that, that a church has to be ready for something like this. They have to be praying and fasting beforehand for something like this to be understood. And obviously, you have been praying and fasting. It was evident Sunday night with the miracles of healing and the deliverances and the people getting the Holy Ghost that, that you have been praying and fasting. Before this kind of spirit can be spoken to or dealt with, there must be consecration. And this church is a very consecrated church as a corporate whole. Not everybody obviously consecrates, but I can tell you from traveling across the world that you are in the very top of the top of the churches that are consecrated to the Lord. You're praying and you're fasting, and I give you honor for that, and I honor your pastor for being so apostolic to want a church that does not just try to get connected once in a while, but desires the heart of God and deeper revival. 
I honor you and I commend you. I'm used to going to places where carnality reigns and carnality rules, but when you come to this church, in the awakening especially, you can feel that sacrifice has been put on the altar and people are walking in, not hoping God does something, but expecting God to do something because they have consecrated for this moment. Amen. The Bible talks about this story, and let me just back up for a second. Anytime you have what happens Sunday night happen, hell obviously has a plan B, and they have to back up and reorganize and figure out what to do because when you break through like you broke through Sunday night, what they did to resist you before will no longer work because you have broken through that rank of their spiritual power. And so they do what they can do. They find where they can attack. And this 12 families getting sick, you might think that's coincidence, and you're probably carnal. But it's not coincidence. I have pastors call me, and one call me this week to ask me if four families get attacked in one week and they're, and they're all in the hospital. Is that coincidence or is that a spirit in my church? Because pastors want to know, shepherds want to know what is normal, what is life, and what is a spirit loose in my church. Because if the shepherd gets his eyes on the spirit of the enemy and vocalizes and ultimately exposes it, that spirit cannot stay in the house of the Lord. And let me tell you, 12 families being attacked in two days is not a coincidence. The devil is mad because you have done something to get closer to your victory and your destiny and your anointing. And when they cannot stop revival, they oftentimes will attack people that you're trying to win. When they cannot stop you, they will find who you love and afflict them. When you get more consecrated and they cannot touch you, they will touch your family. Oh, I feel that. That's what they like to do. Uh, they will follow you around to stop everything that you're doing. I remember I was preaching, and I've told you this before, I apologize, but I was preaching a youth camp one time in Minnesota, and uh, it was five nights, and the first four nights I was preaching my guts out, and I had preached there before, and, and for some reason it was on lockdown. I could not get the kids to break through, and normally kids are jacked up and excited, and, and I would fight for them. I was preaching apostolic things and, and stuff that always works in youth camps and youth conventions and and for some reason they were just they were locked down they'd come to the altar I, I would think it was going to explode and, and and nothing would happen and I remember on the fourth night there was a lady that had been in the audience the whole time she uh she was uh, going to expose so she looked like that lady off TBN don't be spiritual and holy what's TBN yeah just, yeah that lady she was back halfway through the back there every night. She came down to the altar every night. I thought she was working the altars every night. What I didn't know till the fourth night was she was sent by hell the whole time because I laid my hands on a kid, prayed for God to touch him, and when I walked away, I just happened to know she was following me. And when I walked away, I went back to see what she was praying with the same kid, and her exact words were, I block everything the preacher's praying for you. I stop everything. Don't listen to a word he says. I'm telling everybody this. 
Hello, Jezebel. She was hiding in the church, posing as a child of God, but she was sent there to undermine the apostolic authority that was trying to be unleashed to those kids because the devil knows when he cannot touch you, he's got to go around and convince the people that you're speaking to that God is not operating. And so I rebuked her in the name of Jesus. And I said, she will not be back tomorrow night. And that last night, for some reason, she could not make the service. And we had an explosion of power and miracles happen. Hell understands that if they cannot touch you, but they can affect the people you love the most, they've affected you. I've come with a word for God tonight to attack every spirit, attacking the ones that you love and that you're trying trying to win and that you're trying to pray for God is greater than every sorcerer every demonic power that would try to stop you from doing the will of God somebody shout yes they could not stop Paul and Barnabas and they knew, this one man knew, Elamus knew he was going, Paul was going after his friend. His friend, the deputy, Sergius Paulus, he wanted to be saved. He wanted what Paul and Barnabas had. And this sorcerer wanted to stop Paul. And because he knew he couldn't touch Paul, he got in the ear of the deputy. And he withstood them. He opposed them. He was standing in the way. And the Bible said that Paul set his eyes upon him. That means he looked into him. He stared him down. He was not about, oh, let me just preach like I want to preach. Real anointing is confrontational. I figured that's what I would get. But real anointing is confrontational. And I've been in several services where someone possessed or oppressed and was there for the wrong reason would stare at me with an evil look trying to intimidate me. I never turn my eyes away when they're staring at me. Because if you think you can bring it with demonic forces against the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, then bring it on. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He stared him down, and then he began to speak to him. He begins to expose this spirit on this sorcerer. First of all, he said, you're full of all subtlety. Subtlety is guile, craft, and deceit. You're deceptive. That's, let me just talk about that for a second. Deception is hell's greatest weapon. Demons, if they're going to work in your life, the greatest thing they have is deception. Because as long as you can't figure out where they're at and what they're doing, they can do it all your life. But the second you figure out what it is, where it's coming, why it's coming, now you've limited what they can do because you've picked up on their route or what they are. And an exposed devil in your Bible is always a powerless devil. When the devil would be exposed, when he would be possessing someone and attacking someone, when the devils would be exposed, the person would get thrown down and they would act crazy. Why? Because the devils were about to be cast out. And when devils are about to be exposed and removed, they are trying their best to hide. 
Why? Because they know if they get exposed, they cannot do anything to the child or the person that they've been afflicting. Am I making sense right now? So deception is a powerful word. So if you're carnal and the devil convinces you all the stuff going on in your life is just life and because you don't have a prayer life and you never fast and you never read your Bible, he can stay in your house for years and years and years while you're convinced that you're just under, you just have bad luck and you just struggle with stuff. That's a spirit that you've got to connect with God to see. If you're not connected, you can't see anything. But if you ever walk in the spirit and you get your eyes open, you can begin to see the work of God and the work of hell in your house. Yes, you can. When they deceive you, misidentifying, calling it this kind of spirit when it's that kind of spirit, calling it this when it's that. If they can get you to misidentify them, you know there's a demonic presence near you, but you're calling it the wrong thing. They can stay in the house because they're still deceiving you. It's throughout the Bible. He deceived Eve, the Bible said. The devil, that's his first thing he did to a human. He deceived her. You can find a thread throughout the entire Bible of people that were operating through deception. Delilah deceived Samson. Jezebel deceived Elijah. You've got people throughout the word of God. Jesus was even betrayed by someone who was deceived in his mind. Judas was deceived by 30 pieces of silver. Jacob deceived Esau for his blessing. You, it's throughout the word of God. Deception works for a child of God not connected. Deception will work on that child of God. And Paul said, the first thing I can pick up about you is you're deceptive. And now some of you are not going to like the next thing, but I, it blew my mind when I saw it today. He said, you're full of all subtlety and mischief. And I, and you know, when we call someone mischievous, what we think that means they're a troublemaker, they're up to no good. But according to the Greek, that's not what it meant at all. It blew my mind when Paul was calling this out. When he said you're full of mischief, it means to be easygoing, to have faculty. Ready for this? Here's the second definition of it in the Greek. To be having, to have a lazy love of an effeminate life. Oh. Not a rejecting spirit to that spirit, but to have a lazy, I'm not going to confront that spirit. Oh, it got quiet in here. And people, oh, let me just preach like I want to preach. I am so sick of trying to be apostolic and politically correct to not offend everybody. Call the spirit what it is. You don't have to get with me. I don't care if you sit there. You're afraid of the devil. But I promise you, if you really have power, you can pick up on some. That person wasn't born that way. That's a demon messing with their mind, trying to take them to hell. And if you're mad about that, then you've got the spirit on you. Because any child of God, that understanding what that literally means in the Bible now, and defends it, you're defending a spirit of Satan. 
He said, I, you know what, this, this sorcerer must have been effeminate because he said, you have a, a lazy love for an effeminate life. You're full of mischief. You're up to no good. There's some people that when they're up to no good, you know they're partying, they're doing, but then there are some people when they're up to no good, there are demons around because their level of no good hurts people and destroys lives and destroys their future. And he said, I can pick up on that spirit. You have a love for an effeminate life. Because any real dude, you might be soft, but you're still a dude. Every dude in here ought to say amen if you're a real man. Dear God, help the ones that didn't say it. We got deeper problems than we know. That's what he called it, full of mischief. And he said, and you're a child of the devil. And I thought, how can he be a child of the devil? The devil can't have kids. So with my ignorance, I begin to study it today. And he said, you're a pupil or a student of Satan. You're a descendant of the devil. You're so possessed, you're more demonic than you are flesh. Now, there are some people that can walk with God so greatly that at times they're more spirit than they are flesh. But there are other people that walk so close to the enemy that they've got more demonic stuff coming out of their mouth than they do even just worldliness or carnality. They're so connected. I feel like I'm into something right now. I don't even know what it is, but it's in this city, and it's in this church, and it's in some of your families. He said, you are a child of the devil. You've got more demonic tendencies and more demonic spirits coming out of you than you even realize. And he said, and you are an enemy of the righteousness of God. You're an enemy to all righteousness. There are some people that get so consumed with the voice of the adversary that they literally begin to oppose everything that they once stood for as righteous and holy and wonderful and pure. You can always tell when the devil has been in someone's house when they start opposing things that they used to stand for. It's not that you're against righteousness. He said you're an enemy of righteousness. You find a reason to fight things that are of the Lord. And he said, will you not cease to pervert the ways of the Lord. The Lord, he said, you are literally corrupting everything God's trying to do. And some people think, well, and I've been guilty of it. Well, it seems like every time I witness to this person, they just can't come. Well, I... I asked them, and be honest, have you ever asked someone to come and you thought they were going to probably say yes or maybe and they told you something came up or someone, they were going to go to someone else's church or, come on, where are the apostolics at in here? And if you're disconnected, which I've been guilty of, and I'm sure some of us, to be honest, we think, man, I know the enemy must be working because I'm trying. And we just kind of, well, I'm going to pray, that, I'm going to pray for him. Paul didn't say, well, he's really trying to stop Sergius over here from getting the truth. I'm just going to go pray for Sergius. He spoke to the thing resisting the convert. 
This is where we separate apostolic authority from I'm a good Pentecostal. Because a good Pentecostal hopes God still saves that guy. But apostolic authority says, if he's going to get in here, I need to speak to the mountain that's in his way, resisting him from getting in. And if I'm going to pray, I'm not going to pray a cute patty cake. Please deliver him, Jesus, prayer. I am going to get on my knees and go to war with the thing or the person that I know is in the way of their salvation and their deliverance. Is this all right? And he said, dude, that's, my, that's Josh's version. Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee. And you're about to go blind. What would you speak if you knew God would back you up? Now, I'm going to expose something here. This is what the Lord told me here. Here's the problem. We've got apostolics wanting miracles, but not confrontation with the enemy. I didn't write it. I wrote it. That's what he told me. Apostolics wanting the good stuff but afraid to speak to the bad stuff. We want God to heal the cancer, but we're not going to call the spirit of cancer out and speak to it and challenge it. We, We want God to save our loved one, but we're not bold enough to tell the loved one, hey, you've got a demon in your house. Do you mind if I come over and speak to your house and pray? See, it's real quiet because we do not want this. We want God to heal the sick, but we don't want to step into authority that's confrontational. Why? Because we don't want to be accused of being judgmental. Because the church is evolving, but the word never evolved. Can I talk like I want to talk? The same man that told in Acts 3, the layman, such as I have, give I thee, arise and walk. That same man, Peter, looked at Ananias and Sapphira and said, you lie to the Holy Ghost. And the men are waiting at the door to carry your dead bodies out. And they fell over dead. The same Paul that laid his hands on the sick on the island of Melita and everyone was healed looked at that guy and said, you're going to be blind. The same Paul that survived shipwrecks and said, be of good cheer. The Lord is with us. Looked at Alexander, the coppersmith, and said, the Lord reward you for what you did. You did me evil, but God has your number. The same Paul that raised the dead looked at Hymaeus and looked at Alexander and said, I have handed you over to Satan. Oh, it's quiet. Because we are intimidated. Now, you witness to someone, they don't want to come to church, you don't curse them with blindness. Why are you saying that? Because we got crazies in here. Your problem is not intimidation, you're too bold. It's not the carnal man in the world that needs the blindness. It's the opposer. They could even be in this room. 
or go to this church. If they're always opposing what God's doing, God will wink at it for a while. But then when apostolic authority gets on the pastor or a man of God, it's over. It's done. You've, you've had chance after chance after chance. And it won't be a Lord, touch him, please stop. It'll be, this is going to happen in your house. It's too late to stop it. But we've got a lot of preachers that are afraid to be who they really are called to be. We've got a lot of men of God that want, I'm just going to be very bold. And if you don't like it, I'm sure you can join my haters club. I'm, there's several people in it. We've got a lot of people, a lot of preachers that are more concerned with you liking them and you getting on your good side than telling you the Lord is not going to play games with that spirit that you keep letting in your house over and over and over. It's quiet in here, but I'm going to preach it. You can't keep having preconceived sin in your spirit and in your heart, knowing you're going to mess up, and you still go to the altar like you really want God to help you when you're really not trying to get delivered at all. You can do that for a while, but when God says enough is enough, you have played your last game. And Paul could, uh, let me just preach like I'm feeling. Real apostolic authority wants you to be healed if you're sick, but wants you to be cursed if you're opposing the will of God and the people of God and the house of God and the man of God. Oh, that, you didn't like that. You didn't like that. Let me butter you up so you like it. But let me tell you something. If you go against him, I warned you a few months ago. The winking has stopped. And when God speaks, it'll be clear. He said, the hand of the Lord. It never said God told Paul, now tell him I'm going to make him blind. But Paul knew the same God that opens blind eyes, blinds eyes also. Oh, it's quiet. The same God that raises from the dead kills people that are alive. You know, the problem is we do not have enough judgment in the church anymore because if we really had a fear of the Lord, we wouldn't do the things that we do. We'd come every service hungry and broken. We would skip three out of four chances to be in the house of God because we would fear him too much. Because the Bible said when Ananias and Sapphira died, that great fear came on everybody, and then revival exploded everywhere. Why? Because you can enter a dimension of power like you've never seen when you fear God more than you fear anything else. But America, the spirit that's loose in America is a lack of fear of God. Atheism. All these spirits out there telling people, Scientology, telling that there's no God at all. It's in the institutions. It's in the school systems. And people grow up, kids grow up without a fear of God. They remove prayer, remove the Ten Commandments, remove every sign of God. Because if you remove the symbols of God, the people, the kids, won't actually believe in a God. And therefore, they won't fear that God. And you've just killed revival. Because the greatest revival is birthed out of fear. God could do anything.
God could heal someone tonight. God could kill someone tonight. We don't preach this. But it's apostolic. It's in the Bible. It's in the book of Acts. They had crazy stuff happen. That when miracles weren't enough to get the people focused, God would do something to get the people focused. When you have a friend die out of nowhere, you get focused. When you get a doctor report that you didn't expect to get, you get focused. When something happens in your marriage you weren't expecting, you get focused. I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight. I can feel the demonic world stirring around me because people are worried. They're worried. But let me tell you something. The Lord told me in that office tonight before I stepped out that in the altar tonight, he would unleash apostolic authority upon every man and woman of God that wanted to walk in boldness and greater anointing. He said, I will declare my will. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flieth by the day but you will speak and when you speak hell will back up every time because you have more power than you know you have you have more dominion than you know you have you've got the power of the creator inside of you stand to your feet right now I feel the Holy Ghost The devil is not hesitating to curse this church right now. He's not afraid to curse you with fear. He's a God of Masatai. I knew Sunday night when the Spirit followed me back to Muncie. I knew Monday when I was grieved all day long that something wasn't right. I knew yesterday I had to disconnect from the Spirit world completely because I knew that hell was upset. But when God started telling me all this today, I knew that God was going to give us an authority tonight that when we leave here, that demon trying to get loose in this city is going to have to flee tonight because it's not going to be able to work any longer. We are going to call it what it is spirit of infirmity get out of this church right now in the name of Jesus I plead the blood against you I plead the word against you I plead the name of Jesus and the stripes of Jesus against you someone shout Jesus Can I tell you what I feel in the spirit? It is time for this church corporately and you individually to step into authority. Stop being intimidated. Stop being weak. Stop being afraid. Stop being nervous. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. time to call it what it is like the man that was causing problems in T.W. Barnes church that one time walked in was always complaining and bugging the pastor and telling all the things he was doing wrong but the Barnes finally one day looked at him and said who was the woman in your bed last night with gray hair because it wasn't your wife yeah that got quiet that's the kind of stuff that needs to start happening again Let me just swore. Because people wouldn't trample men of God if men of God would speak and feel and declare what they see in the Spirit. 
And I felt the Holy Ghost all day long that that man's going to lead this awakening with such an authority that people will be afraid to talk against him. Because I'm going to tell you what I see in the Spirit. I'm going to tell you what I see in the Spirit. The anointing on Elisha, where he saw and heard things the king was talking about in his own bedchamber. That same Spirit is going to come to the man of God. He may not want it to come, but from now on, as of this point forward, he will see things he's never seen. He will hear things he does not want to hear. But any time the enemy tries to rise its ugly head in this church, the man of God has been put on notice by an angel of the Lord that his ears will be open, his eyes will be open and the things that are talking will not get away with it. Thus saith the Lord. It would do everyone in here if you go to this church a bit of good right now to raise your hands and pray for your pastor and pray for a submitted spirit right now because I have not come to play games anymore. That spirit has hovered in this church for way too long. Hear me. This is not to make you fear. I promise you it's not. But when you're in the Holy Ghost, you just say what's in your spirit. But you will not treat him like a peer. For if you do, do not be mad when sickness comes to your house within three days. The beginning of an apostolic revival is taking place right now. I believe all of you are with me. There's probably, I hope I'm not preaching to anybody tonight. I hope I'm not talking to anybody in this room. I really do. Because I have anointing from God like I've not felt in a long time on me tonight. And there's a boldness coming to men of God. Let me tell you in the Holy Ghost, every man of God in here, every preacher or wannabe preacher, you hear me tonight. When we're done this altar call, I'm going to have you raise your hands. And I'm going to pray a boldness and an authority upon you. And you're going to see things. And the gift of discerning of spirits is going to be loose tonight in this church. People that really want to walk in the spirit, that have a prayer life, the Lord is going to give you the discerning of spirits tonight. And you're going to be able to see things that you don't normally see. I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now like a fire. You're going to see things you've never seen. Ladies, hear me. You want to walk in the spirit? That gift of discerning of spirits is in this room tonight it's in this building and the lord wants to give it to you so you don't just walk blindly and no wonder what is going on why am i feeling this why you're gonna know immediately when something is near you that's not of god i rebuke that in the name of jesus i see what that is i call it out and the lord will give you immediate victory who wants it in here you want apostolic authority to begin to activate in your spirit would you get it if you if you're physically able would you come up here now if you cannot i understand if you cannot but you want it you stay in your pew and raise your hands if you can and you still don't come forward i'm going to pray protection on you right now lest god release wrath immediately 
because the apostolic church saw the dead raised. They were hated by everybody. They had miracles no other church around them had. But when that wasn't enough, God started killing people that were causing problems. We want the shadow anointing to heal people. We want the handkerchief kind of stuff. But we need to get a visitation from God that God is just and God is pure and God is holy and God is righteous and God is absolutely perfect in all of his ways. And I cannot sit here and act spiritual when I'm not really spiritual. Let every, you know what the word false prophet means? It means pretender. Poser, acting like one way in church and another way everywhere else. Would you raise your hands if you want to walk in the Spirit? When I am done praying, I want you to shout hallelujah as loud as you can. And when you're done shouting it, I want you to begin to declare with your mouth open, I receive apostolic authority and apostolic sensitivity and a walk in the spirit that I've never had before. Are you ready? Would you raise your hands and by the authority of the word of God, I curse every spirit of deception and mischief. I blind every demonic power that's been causing you to not see the things the way God sees them. And in the name of Jesus, I release the gifts of the discerning of spirits in this place tonight. And I release boldness and authority on every man and woman of God who wants to walk in the spirit. Would you at the top of your lungs shout hallelujah. Now begin to speak in the spirit. Someone open your mouth and declare, I'm going to see things I've never seen. I'm going to hear things I've never heard. I'm going to walk with God like I've never walked with Somebody rejoice. Somebody declare. Things are about to change. God is going to open up your frequency. God's going to show you things that you've never dreamed of knowing. If you have the Holy Ghost, Would you drive the devil crazy right now and pray in the spirit right now? Would you lift up your voice and pray in tongues? The devil does not know what you're praying when you pray in the spirit. He cannot fight you when you declare things in the spirit. The Lord is on your side and the Lord is going to gift you. The Lord is going to help you. Unleash it right now. Unleash a deeper prayer life. Unleash consecration. Unleash humility. Unleash hunger. (sighs) 
such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, you be bolder than ever. You be stronger than ever. You don't be afraid of confrontation. You will not be intimidated. You will not be weary in well-doing. You will not quit every time the devil attacks you. But I release faith to you in the spirit right now. Release the gift of faith. Release faith upon the people. A power that they've never had. An authority that they've never stepped in. A dominion that they've never walked in. Let it be loose in the altar right now. Somebody reach up and grab it and pray in the spirit. Every witch cursing this church. The curse is coming back to your head tonight. Seven times stronger than the way you sent it here. And I command your spirit to be tormented by the angel of the Lord that choked out Herod. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. If God be for us, who can be against us? With God, all things are possible. Someone keep worshiping. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Let that verse be loosed right now in every man's spirit, every woman's spirit, every teenager's spirit. You have power. You have authority. You have dominion. Call it what it is. Call it what it is. Well, I just don't want to talk about the Lord because I don't want to offend them. I rebuke that now in the name of Jesus. If you're worried about offending them, you value them higher than you value your God because the greatest thing you can tell anybody is how much the Lord loves you and what he's done for you. Hallelujah. 
unleash a holy boldness on these people. Every child, teenager, everyone that goes to a public school, raise your hands. Look around you elders, moms, dads, if someone's got their hand up near you. I'm going to pray over them, and I'm hoping, and I am I'm expecting, and I, I need you to lay your hand on their head, and with all authority, transfer boldness. I rebuke spiritual bullying in the name of Jesus. I rebuke fear and intimidation in the name of Jesus. Every child of God every teenager that has a walk with God, you will not be afraid one more minute at your school. You will not walk with your head down because you're holy. You will walk with dignity. Young lady, you will not be afraid. You will not have low self-esteem because you're holy. But as of this moment, let the angel of the Lord go with you. When you step on that campus, let the angel of the Lord go with you. You will not be afraid. Young man, let a preacher speak get on you right now. Let a preacher spirit get on you right now. Let a preacher spirit get on you. I'm in the Bible. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. That's what the Bible said. That's the evidence of an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Let the kids be prophetic. Hey, Shalabahosata, let the high schoolers be prophets and prophetesses. You know what an apostle does? He starts works for God where there are no works. You've got an 18-year-old kid in here starting a church in Lebanon. That's an apostle's anointing. That's apostolic. Someone lay hands on him right there. Let there be greater boldness and greater favor and greater witnesses in the name of Jesus. It's apostolic. That's what an apostle does. He, I'm going to make revival happen. I'm going to go where there's no revival. And I'm going to start a fire for God. Where are the apostles? Where are the prophets? Where are the evangelists? Where are the pastors and the teachers? If you've got the Holy Ghost, it's time to activate. It's time to do something for God. The end is coming soon. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. The end is coming soon. Sooner than we think. Now is not a time to play games with God. See what we can get away with. See how close to the line we can live. I draw a line in the sand right now. Who is on the Lord's side? Run past the line. Get where you belong with God.
Every preacher want to be preacher. Want to be preacher's wife. Every preacher's wife. Want to be missionaries, evangelists, whatever. You want to do something great for God. Would you raise your hands right now? Would you simply open up your spirit? I won't hurt you. And just receive what I start praying to you. For I will pray what the Lord tells me to pray. First, I pray for your eyes. That they would begin to see things that you've never seen. That you would learn to walk in the spirit like you've never walked. That you would have the gifts of the spirit operate in you. And I pray the fruits of the spirit would consume you. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would have an authority that hell fears everywhere you go. But I also pray that you would recognize what you have and see yourself as God sees you and not as peers see you or jealous people see you. But I pray in the name of Jesus that you would walk with humility but yet authority. I pray for your doors to open. The doors that are specifically designed for you that no one else can fit through. I pray that they would open in God's timing. That you would walk through them without fear or reservation or hesitation. I pray a spirit of fasting on you. To fast like you've never fasted in your life. You will fast longer than you've ever fasted before. I pray a praying spirit of intercessory prayer to fall on you in the nighttime. To learn to weep before God in the darkness of your room. I pray in the name of Jesus for a brokenness to be upon you to where you see every soul as someone the Lord loves. And I pray in the name of Jesus if you get pushed into a corner by the demons of hell that you will not be intimidated. That you will open up your mouth and declare the judgment of God and you will walk away unharmed. If you receive it, would you shout hallelujah? I don't say this to freak anybody out, but I almost had a heart attack just now because I had my